Sometimes you just want the quick facts. No opinions, no speculation. I'm Claire Thornton, an audio editor with USA Today. My team works around the clock to bring you the Five Things podcast. Every morning, me and my co-host Taylor Wilson help you know what to keep an eye out for that day. We always have a fresh mix of stories, from politics to entertainment to sports, covering all parts of the country. On Sundays, you can lean back with in-depth episodes about stories you may have heard earlier that week. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite shows and start listening to Five Things Today. In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds. Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership, saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks so much for joining us, and happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday! Let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And what's getting me through this week is... Really interesting, because it started with Mandalorian, and um, my daughter and I have been watching Mandalorian together now, and it sparked an interest in the Star Wars movies. So we've been watching the Star Wars movies from one to nine. I didn't go through any of the other crazy theories. I didn't do the original prequel, that stuff. I didn't do, I forget the name of the one big um, order sequence that's called, I forget what it's called, but anyway. Um, We started with Phantom Menace, did the prequels. Oh, the machete. The, I think it's the machete order. That's it, yes. So we did it basically chronologically. So um, we just finished the prequels uh, a couple days ago. Um, she liked them for the most part. She thought Sith was her favorite. We started A New Hope, and within the first five minutes, she was like, I already like this better because <laughs> there's no green screen. And I'm like, that's interesting because, you know, obviously the prequels use a lot of CG, but... She was not a fan. And literally, the first five minutes, the opening scene of A New Hope, she was like, oh, I already like this better. I'm like, okay, then. This is a start. So we're about a third through. We're going to finish that. And hope, you know, we're obviously hopefully get through the rest of it. But it's been really interesting rewatching some of this again through a new set of eyes. But also, I haven't watched Attack of the Clones or Sith in a long time. And so there's interesting things I picked up on in both those movies. Specifically, the way they handled Padme for the last two movies was a little more rough than I realized. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been fun watching it through a new person and um, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's given me a renewed appreciation of the movies, which have left me jaded prior to this for quite a while now. And I'm Brian Truitt. I watch movies and what's getting me through this week is the prom. The prom is on Netflix. It's um, a version of the Broadway musical by Ryan Murphy it's got like a ton of people, Meryl Streep and James Corden and Nicole Kidman and um some youngsters and it's just it's it's like like Ted Lasso is like the TV equivalent of like pure joy and like this is the movie equivalent of pure joy. It's 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 a 
it's a movie about inclusion about a you know a young a young gay girl who wants to take her girlfriend to the prom and she can't because it gets canceled and there's like you know because she's from small town indiana and they're all conservative and you know these broadway types come down and and cause a ruckus and put on their own prom for and it's just the the, the songs are catchy the 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 story's great like i cry several times at the same time same points like every time now like i actually showed it to my daughter i've seen it three times now i showed it to my daughter and like i had to like stop paying attention to certain things be at like certain points because i i knew i was gonna start crying and i don't want to just start crying like randomly at this point it's pavlovian um but yeah prom watch it it it'll, it'll make you happy this holiday season if this is your first time listening, welcome. New episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday, and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts, it would be lovely if you could write a quick review about the show. Uh, not only do you help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us, as a bonus, we give you a special shout-out on the next episode. So try it out. Tell us what you want to see moving forward. It's all upside for you. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod. Or you can email us, mothershippod at usatoday.com. Now on to the main topic. Here's a clip. Dad was a storyteller. See? It's in our blood. I used to punch holes through space time. Hey! Oh, you're the dude who says he's from another planet. You got superpowers, right? Come on, I just want to hear your story. My city was named Chromium. So that's where you're from? They had to invent things to hurt me. Intelligent asteroids, killer robots. Super villains? Say super one more time. Oh, okay, okay. Even the whiskey's weaker here. Space whiskey. All right, look, do you have any superpowers at all? Or... The source of my power doesn't exist here. Why you gotta fill the kid's head with bull? That was a clip from Arch Enemy, a new noirish sci-fi superhero movie streaming on VOD Today, starring this week's guest, Joe Manganello. He plays Max Fist, a guy who claims he's a powerful dude from another universe, but doesn't have any abilities on this earth. He teams with a young teen named Hamster to take on a drug syndicate and its mysterious leader. You might know Joe from movies like Magic Mike, Rampage, and Pee-wee's Big Holiday, as well as his breakthrough role on HBO's True Blood. Joe, thanks so much for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's start with COVID, because that's obviously overtaking everybody's life. What has life been like for you during this time? Oof. Um... Yeah, I've been living like a shut-in to a certain extent. Um, the home gym that I built years ago when we moved into this house was worth its weight in gold. I'll say that. Um, you know, but, um, you know, there's, there's a part of me that's super adventurous and loves traveling and seeing new things and going to museums and, you know, art shows and concerts and all that kind of stuff, the movies. But there's also another part of me that if you gave me a stack of books and a hammock, and you left me for a year and came back for me, I'd be okay. So uh, I've been like everybody else, just trying to do the best to keep myself occupied. And, uh, and, and I've been able to be really creative. I've gotten a lot done and, and been a part of a lot of really cool projects that'll be coming out next year as a result. Cool. You've had some appearances in, in Superhero Fair before. What was special for you about Arch Enemy and how it how it took on that archetype we kind of know we know and love now? Well, I what I loved about Arch Enemy was that it took on the archetype. I grew up in the eighties and nineties and I read comic books back then and 
comic book industry at that time was just there were so many titles and so many heroes and the big companies um, were precious to a certain extent about their characters and their IP. And then, you know, along comes Frank Miller and turns, you know, the world's greatest detective into the Dark Knight. And people like Pat Mills write Fear and Loathing for Martial Law, uh, which is like maybe the most biting satire of or commentary on, on America and Americans that I've ever read. Then you get into like Irredeemable, which is what if the world's greatest hero turned into the world's worst hero and you had... Um, or, you know, worst villain. And then you had like the old Ninja Turtles in black and white, which was like, you know, it was like a murderous, even more existentially explore, explorative version of the X-Men. Um, so I grew up with those comics and those stories. And I liked being challenged. I liked um, looking back. I'm fortunate that my generation of like the people that were creating the movies and, and, and TV and film and comics and stories like they weren't afraid to scare kids and they weren't afraid to challenge kids. And I really, um, I, I look, I look back on that fondly. I'm glad that that happened. And, and so Arch Enemy was, was all of, all of those things I just mentioned about loving the stories and comics at that time period. And except that it was a film script, not based on an existing IP that was attempting, or at least when I read it, I thought, Ooh, this is a little indie movie that is attempting to take on big studio superhero movies. And it's attempting to deconstruct them at a time when studio superhero movies have never been bigger. And, uh, and I really liked the rebellious nature of that, but also, like I said, the, the kind of anti-hero deconstruction, like um, all those characters I grew up with. So the character you play, Max Fist, is uh, a guy that no one really listens to and most people write off as crazy. What was your favorite part of playing his overall story arc? Um, I guess, you know, constructing the performance and the story in a way, like, I guess it was like trying to figure out a way to hide the superhero, if that makes sense. You know, that whether he is a superhero or isn't, you know, that, that's left for the, you know, for the get off at the end, you know what I mean? Or not. For me, the challenge is creating some sort of shift in him, both, you know, physically, I think, um, um, and, and, and emotionally that, you know, in the beginning, he's, he's not comfortable in his own body because he's in pain. And so creating this picture of someone who could have passed for Superman in a different dimension, maybe um, go through all of the physical ailments and drug addiction. And, and then as the film goes on, a lot of that armor that he was wearing or that the, the, even the clothing that he was hidden underneath disappear. Um, the drug use escalates as he then uh, 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 almost becomes more sure of himself, you know, and, and, and kind of like the physical ailments start to go away a little bit. So it was, it was constructing a performance that like subtly would change as the arc was moving. And I, and I thought that that was really, really fun and, and aided by some really, uh, really crazy plot devices. 
Well, I mean, there's their plot devices, the animation sequences are, are fantastic. And I think you bring a lot of the gravitas to that character. Like you mentioned, kind of, you have to go through the drug addictions and, you know, kind of like all the fight scenes and everything and him getting beaten down and him keep getting back up again. Do you feel like right now you're better, you know, as an actor and as a performer, you're better off? better to do that job now than you were like 10 years ago do you feel like just 10 years of aging kind of helps find that character a little bit more yeah definitely yeah i i think definitely i think i think this is definitely a character with you know with with pain with with a lot of regret um with uh i think you know yeah i mean if, if, if you think about getting older just as a man even and and kind of the trials and tribulations of that or realizing that you're not going to have your body forever um and uh and that that it is changing um yeah i i think that there's there's a lot of that or at least my observations are that or or my my thoughts and feelings about that that then go into inform a character who um in the snap of a finger aged 15 years in the snap of a finger um be, you know, his body became old. And, you know, I always used to jokingly say, which is funny is I used to say I was, I was 23 for 15 years. <laughs> and then I turned 38. And it was like all the in the back of the station wagon, it was like I slammed the brakes and it just flew up into the front of the car. Uh, and, and so there's definitely something that I was going through at that time, or at least noticing in myself that then becomes you know so yeah i think i think this this role definitely benefits from from some age not too much but some age so you know comic book movies are pretty ubiquitous at this point as someone who's not only a filmmaker and a performer but a fan uh what ways do you think they should change or improve in the near future what ways do i think they should change yeah comic book movies yep yeah just comic book movies in general yeah I think it's just happening. I think our movie is is definitely in that vein or on on that crest of waves or you know whatever that beach is that whatever that beach is that Logan landed on, you know whatever that beach that the wave that was Deadpool landed on. Um, we're definitely in that vein. Um, you know this is this is an indie. You know indie genre superhero movie not superhero movie whatever you want to call it but it's it is an indie version of those archetypical characters and um you know and and, and in the way that i think that you know logan kind of deconstructed itself to a um you know a family road drama that was like part western uh and 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 you look at you know deadpool which was you know completely breaking the fourth wall, irreverent sense of humor, aware of itself. Um, it was like, you know, Deadpool is, is what the Greeks would refer to as the dithyram that, you know, they would, they would write plays in, in three play cycles. So you'd have these three very serious plays. And then you would then have, you know, space balls to your star Wars trilogy. <laughs> right. And, uh, and Deadpool is very much that way. It's very much, you know, skewering, superhero movies in general. And, and once that starts happening, you realize that you've reached the climax, you've reached the zenith in which you're now starting to comment on the genre itself. And although we don't comment on the genre, I, I hope that we inspire 
you know, uh, the indie filmmakers to get out there and you don't, you don't need a giant budget to shoot something superhero related. You just need a great idea and great execution. We got to see you just a little bit in Justice League is Destro, just, you know, just the quickest little glimpse at the end. And, you know, there, there's been talk of you, more of you in the upcoming Snyder Cut. What can you tease about how much more of you we can expect? Like a lot more or just a little bit? Well, you're going to see more hair. So I have a, <laughs> I have a white mohawk. So that's, that's obviously different. Um, past that, you know, you would ha- we would have to, uh, we'd have to bust out my NDA and uh, <laughs> try to work around it. So I have to ask about the hair, though, because you mentioned the mohawk, and now you've got kind of like a shaved head happening, and I've obviously, you know, we've obviously seen you with a full head of hair. Do you have a preference? You know, I love, one of the things that I love about acting is looking in the mirror and seeing someone different. I like transforming. I like it when people don't recognize me or people get shocked. Um, you know, and when I was on a series for five years, uh, and during that five years, no matter what I did, I had to come back to the show to start the season looking the way that I did at the end. So I didn't really get to transform, transform much. And then coming off the show, I just, whatever it was, the parts that were rolling my way, uh, they didn't give, grant me that ability either. And, uh, it's something that I, you know, I, I haven't really been able to mess around with in a while and something that really attracted me to and made me fall in love with acting in the first place. So um, this was really like, there's just a string of great parts, you know, uh, Justice League, you know, and then I shaved my head bald for this other thing that I just did uh, that I can't talk about yet. And, um, you know, but it's like getting back to, getting back to, to, to further immersion. And, and, and so, um, you know, I mean, in, in Arch Enemy, I got to do a bit of that too, um, uh, which I really, you know, I, I enjoyed very much. We got to see a little bit of both of you. I mean, you, we got to see like a younger version of you, like clean shaven. We haven't seen you clean shaven in a long time. And then we get kind of like the other Max Fist. We got to see a couple different looks out of that. Yeah, well, there's, you know, Max's vision or hallucination of him in another in other timelines, several other timelines, actually. Um, and so, yeah, you get to see him as he would have been, which is to say, yeah, Superman. Uh, and then in the rest of the film, yeah, you find me as, uh, you know, homeless and, and living in a tent under a bridge, which was actually, I have to give props to the, you know, makeup department and uh, costuming department, which really helped me. Um, you know, it was like everything from down to like, you know, I grew my fingernails extra long, like super long, like, like, like claws so that I could cake them with dirt um, you know, during, through the shoot and just keep like a layer of filth under there. Um, you know, um, how to, you know, knock my teeth out, black my teeth out. Uh, and then, you know, on and on and on. I don't, you know, but yeah, so there's, uh, there's quite a bit of that, uh, other than like the giant hobo beard that I grew. (laughs) So, uh, Warner Brothers made some news recently about their entire 2021 slate, uh, going on HBO Max as well as in movie theaters at the same time. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about this move and, and what it means for the movie industry? It's necessary. We all have to pivot. And I think everyone was waiting to see who was going to pivot first. And, um, 
you know, we're heading towards a different business model. And, and, and I think uh, it's bold. It's a bold move. And it says a lot because, you know, whatever the future holds, they're going down that road and everything is shifting to streaming. And uh, I think, um, you know, the, we're going to have to figure out how to make a big budget, high concept film because the business model currently was based on first and second week and box office. And that's how, you know, you can make a movie for a hundred million or 200 million because you're going to make that much back in theaters. Well, now that's not the case. So, um, you know, if streaming leads to the type of, you know, the type of things that you would go and see in the theater, but at home, then, okay, that's great. But, um, you know, I, I think we're, we're in a shift and I think everybody is, is being incredibly creative as to how they're going to get their product out. In addition to comic books, you're quite the Dungeons and Dragons fan. If someone wanted to get into that for the first time, where, what, what, where would you have them start? Well, you could either get the starter kit, which is a box set, which will teach you how to play. You can play right out of that. The adventure that's actually in that book is great. Um, or you can get the, you need three books to play. You need the uh, player's handbook, the dungeon master's guide, and you need a monster manual. And you can get started that way. So I would say um, it's pretty self-explanatory. Just walk your way right through it. When you were getting into comic books as a kid, were you into D and D too? Is that is that a love that you've had for that long a time? Um, well, when I was a kid, I wanted to work for the company. That was that was like my 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 dream. Uh, and uh, as an adult, actually, I, I get to do that. So I've, for the past like five six years, I've worked as a consultant for the company and uh, you know writer. You know, content creator. I've created a bunch of characters, storylines, um, you know, figurines that are sold in toy stores. You know, for the brand and you know, for myself actually. And so, um, so I've actually gotten to, I've actually got to, to work a little bit of those childhood dreams out by getting to do the job that I wanted in a you know small bites as an adult. So um, yeah, that was something that I was always interested in as a kid. I just loved storytelling from as far back as I can remember, that was always what I was most passionate about. And it, you know, I found my way in acting and now I'm, I'm, I'm able to find my way back into, to producing films, which is very much like those stories I wrote as a kid. So one last question for you with, you know, you mentioned you've kind of been living like a shut in lately because of COVID. What are some things you're doing to kind of unwind? I know you talked about D and D and things like that. Are there other things you're doing to kind of, unwind and de-stress from everything going on well it's football season and my team is undefeated which helps with stress <laughs> and unwinding uh or well i mean i don't know they've been a lot of close games so maybe not but um yeah man and 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 you know i look forward to dinner every night with my wife and you know we can sit and talk over dinner where a lot of the times you know i would be traveling or you know, whatever, she's got to work long hours or I have to work long hours and, and our paths just don't cross as much. So this feels, it's more of uh, family oriented. I also have a little dog that uh, I've had for the past year and a half that sits on top of me 20 out of 24 hours a day. So, uh, you know, it's been nice. You make up for it in, in other ways. Are the Steelers going to the Super Bowl this year? Is it their year? 
Well, the last time I was in Tampa, they won the Super Bowl there uh, against Kurt Warner and the Cardinals. So uh, it's back in Tampa this year. I would love nothing more than to, I don't know, rent an RV and COVID test my brother and I and drive out there, go see the game. Well, you're playing my team in Washington, so odds are you're probably going to hit 12-0. and 0, So I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, is that, well, I mean, I don't know, man. You know, that's the thing. It's like it's we just lost uh, our outside linebacker, Bud Dupree, who was like, having an incredible season. We lost Devin Bush, our all-star middle linebacker. So, you know, we, we've got a, we're missing a couple of big pieces. Um, you guys had a lot more time than we did to prepare because of the, the Thanksgiving day fiasco that, that got pushed three times. Uh, so uh, we will see, but, uh, but yeah, I agree. We should probably win. Cool. Well, Joe, thanks so much for joining us. It was great having you and, and best of luck to the Steeler season and career and everything going on. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay, listeners, it's your turn. Are you streaming Arch Enemy? Do you want to see a Deathstroke movie? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us directly. I'm at Brett Molina 23 I'm at Brian Truitt. And don't forget, you can email us, too. We're at MothershipPod at USAToday.com. That'll do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producer of The Mothership this week, Natalie Boyd. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. While you're there... Please, please, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other people find the show, and we get really great feedback. If Apple Podcasts isn't your jam, you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next week, nerds out. Later.